Thank you for thank you for remembering Elder Yang. For those of you who don't know, one of our elders um, was diagnosed with stomach cancer, and he just returned back from Korea, having had surgery. Um, he's going to continue his chemo here. They took out two thirds of his stomach, but I hear he's doing pretty well. So continue, please pray, continue to pray for him and his family. Let's go to God's word. Let's go to Proverbs. I have a few uh, number of passages to go share with you today. We are on part 12 of our series, and some of you are probably thinking this is the endless series. <laughs> 12? When is this thing going to end? Um, this is going to end in two weeks. We're going to get through 14. That's when we're going to finish up our uh, quiet times, our devotions through Proverbs. And that will be the Sunday before the retreat. That will be a good time to shift gears. And so our summer of wisdom will end in two weeks. And today I have a message for you called Wise Speaking. Proverbs says so much about how we talk, how we use our tongues, our lips, our mouths, what comes out of our mouth. And today I want to talk about that. And so I have a few passages there for you. Chapter 2, verse 6. Chapter 8, verse 6 through 9. Chapter 10, verses 31 and 32. And um, there's just so much more, but I mean, I'm just hit, I will just hit those to, um, to launch this message. Chapter 2, verse 6, this is the Word of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from His mouth. It's very interesting. God apparently has a mouth. And I don't know exactly what that looks like since God doesn't have a body. (laughs) But from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. And I think it's very important that we see that God is a speaking God. And out of His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Go to chapter 8. Just flip over to chapter 8. Verse 6. This is wisdom speaking. Hear, for I will speak. Wisdom speaks. I will speak noble things. And from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth. You see that? Speak. Lips. Mouth. There's a lot of... I did it in prepping for this message. I was like, there's so many verses where there's something about the lips or the mouth or the tongue is tremendously important that if you're going to become a wise person, there's something that has very much to do with your mouth. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. Imagine, for wisdom, nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and write to those who find knowledge. Let's flip over to chapter 10. Just give you one more before we uh, pray. Chapter 10, verse 31 and 32. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. The mouth of the wicked knows what is perverse. Uh, Let's pray. Let's pray for this message. Lord, this isn't a hard message to understand, but wow, this this is, this says something about us. We live in a time where there's a lot of perverse mouths. And many of the perverse mouths, that's us. I'm not talking about people outside of the church, it's us. And we pray that 
you would place yourself, your spirit, your goodness, your grace, and your truth into us so that what comes out of our heart can be truth and wisdom and righteousness and all that is straight and not crooked and which is pure and uplifting and not twisted and perverse. So, Lord, make us a people that, what, that wisdom would flow out of our hearts through our mouths and be a blessing to our neighbors and our friends, our loved ones, and, and to our city. In Jesus' name. I just want to say, before I get into this, I don't know how many of you think about our times. And a lot of times, in this time and age and the culture that we live in, one of the things that is regularly said, especially by people who are younger, X generation and so-called Y generation, millennials generation, is they often say, I'm looking for authenticity. <laughs> authenticity. Why is that such an important such a longed-for thing in our society. This, this word authenticity is such an important... This, this, we want authentic. Because what they want is people. What, these gener- what this current generation and the younger generation wants is we're living in such a time of falsity. Every commercial, every advertisement, and the way we talk to each other is so full of phoniness and agenda and lies and twisted I don't even know if our society has any clue how to talk in such a way where we don't, we're not, we don't have twisted and crooked words. <laughs> and so we're so suspicious. It's such a norm of our society to be full of twisted and crooked words. This is such an important thing today. Um, and so I just want to say, in this day and age, becoming a wise speaker and having true and pure and good words come out of your mouth, this is such an important especially relevant um, uh, teaching for this day and age, and I hope that you'll take it to heart. So let me, uh, today I'm going to talk about this in three parts. Number one, I'm going to call it the mouth and the heart. The mouth and the heart. Part two, I'm going to call repentance. So that gives you an idea where this goes, okay? Repentance. And part three, the most important words God has given us. The most important words God has given us. Part one, the mouth and the heart. Um, I want to teach you a couple, just a couple things in this first part. And the first part, uh, what I want to say is, how can you tell if a person, how can you discern if a person is wise and has a good heart? How can you tell? And there is this notion, nobody can look inside of my heart. You can't look inside of a heart so you don't know what's inside of me. You can't really know the deep depths of me. Because I'm complex. <laughs> there's, there's depths and depths of complexity in me, so you can't tell. And so how can, since we can't look into somebody's heart, how can you tell if a person is wise, if there's authenticity in them? And generally, by the way, it's, it's a strange way of people saying it. Nobody wants authentically evil. I want authenticity. I want a real authentic jerk-off. <laughs> That's the kind of people I want in my life. But when, when, when people say, whenever you hear a young person say, I'm looking for authenticity, you know what they mean? I'm looking for authentically good. Authentically pure. What the Bible calls holiness, actually. But since we're so impure, we have no idea. Holiness? What kind of word is that? And um, that's, that's, that's how lost our, we are as in our culture. 
Um, but the Bible gives you an answer. You cannot look inside people's hearts. But there is actually a tremendously clear indicator for what is inside the heart. And that is what comes out of the mouth. <laughs> and I want to show this to you, how important this is. Go to Matthew chapter 12. This is from Jesus himself. Go to Matthew chapter 12. And if you don't want to look it up, I'll just show it to you. This is very, this is how Jesus looks at the mouth. This is how Jesus takes very seriously what people say, what comes out of their mouth. Because when he looks at what comes out of their mouth and hears what comes out of their mouth, he knows right there it is a window right into their heart. That's the way he puts it. Matthew chapter 12, verses 30, this is verse 33. Here's what he says. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Here he's talking about, actually he's talking about religious people, pharisaical people. And a lot of people hate religious people. Well, and I don't blame them, because people who say they're good because they are religious and like to keep all the, all the rules, it is hard to begin to tell what comes out, what's really good. Are they really good? And you notice this is, this is a criticism. This is a critique that Jesus puts upon the Pharisees of his day. But this is how he starts. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Then he says, you brood of vipers. Jesus is a real nice guy there, isn't he? Huh? How can you speak good? Notice this. How can you speak when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, what it does he say? The mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, the heart has an abundance of something. There's, it's filled and overflowing. And it's overflowing, and then whatever it's overflowing out of, has to come out of your mouth. That's the way Jesus looks at people. The heart has, has to overflow out of the mouth. That's how human beings operate. And so, whatever is inside there, that's what comes out. If it's good, good will flow out of your mouth. If it's evil, evil will flow out of your mouth. That's interesting that he's saying that to religiously upright, supposedly religiously upright people. And he's saying what comes out of your mouth is an abundance of evil. Verse 35, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. That seems pretty obvious, right? But then listen to the way he puts it. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. How will you be judged? Are you going to be able to stand before God and say, God, well, my heart was good. I always had a good heart. And he's going to sing, and he will say to you, no, you don't. Listen to this. I don't know if God will play back some super DVD. Listen to it. Here are the words that you said. Here are the words you said. And then there'll be a playback maybe of all the things you said. You cannot deny all the awful things that came out of your mouth. The abundance. For by your words, for by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. This is how Jesus looks at us. That's just part one of the one I want to say. How can you tell? How can you tell of a person? And so much of Proverbs is to say how to, live a good, how to live a good and wise life, but it's also to be around people who are good and wise. 
And part of what Proverbs says, you should be very wary of foolish people, people who can wreck you, people with their mouth can destroy you. Um, uh, uh, there's so many, but I'll just, let me just give you this. Proverbs 11.9, with his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. With his mouth, he'd destroy his neighbor. There's so many of this. The mouth of forbidden women is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry will, f- will fall into it. Uh, these are, it's by the mouth. Now let me give you a second point about this question of the mouth and the heart. Is this the way you guys look at people? It's very, I think, eye-opening. Our society had its tendency to say, well, everybody is good because we're relativistic. But the Bible actually looks at exactly the opposite. Everybody is wicked. And one of the reasons why Christianity is particularly hated in our society is we hate that particular message. Everybody wants to think that I have a good heart and all the other people that I know, they seem to have good intentions and so we judge people on the basis of their intentions but that's not the way the Bible um, measures people up. The Bible offers you, you can measure people up by seeing what comes out of their mouth, hearing what comes out of their mouth. Not only the content, but I think the way they say it. The way they say it do they say it with joy? Do they say it with conviction? Do they say it with honesty and sincerity? Do they say it with the whole of their being? And you know what I'm talking about. You know how children can tell the difference. If you say, if you, say you know, Daddy loves you, but you, you, you say, Daddy loves you while, while one eye is on ESPN. <laughs> Daddy loves you. But, but I'm more interested in finding out if Adrian Peterson scored a touchdown today <laughs> to see if I'm winning my fantasy football league. Kids will know the difference. You understand that? And, and this is the way we are, what comes out of the mouth. And in that day, Daddy loves you, but not at this very moment, because fantasy football is a little bit more important to me than paying attention to you. This is how we operate. So in that moment, words careless, false, actually kind of twisted words are coming out of the mouth, and kids can tell that difference. And if kids can tell the difference, well, can't you? Now let me offer you a second one. How do you tell what's wrong with you? Now we're getting kind of personal. How can you tell what's wrong with you? How can you tell where you're foolish and where your heart is filthy inside? And some of you may try to say, I'm basically a good person and I have all these things. So many of us, we want to judge ourselves on the basis of our intentions. But today, let me offer you a different way of judge yourself Start to figure out where you're at by what comes out of your mouth. What comes out of your mouth? What are the words you say and how you say them? What are the words, the kinds of words that come out of your mouth, especially repeatedly, habitually? What kinds of things come out of your mouth? Now, um, just to really drive this home, turn the page again from Jesus. Let's go to chapter 15. Chapter 15. And if you don't think Jesus thinks this is important, this is, oh, wow. All right. Let's go chapter 15, verse 10. And this is what Jesus describes is what defiles a person. Defiles an old word saying what makes you utterly rotten and disgusting. To be defiled is to be, is, is like a cancer. Is, I, I usually picture 
defilement as to be stained with maggots and cancer. That's kind of how I think of it. It's like, a, it's like moral maggots and cancer. What defiles a person? Verse 10. This is what he says. And he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person. So this is what he was having a debate with the leaders of the time because Jesus is starting to give more free reign. And later on, Christians cite this as to why we get to eat, say, pork, for instance, and why the Holy Spirit later on comes to Peter. So you can eat all these things that were forbidden in the past because the more important thing, the truer defilement is that of the heart. But this, way, this is the way Jesus looks at it. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? <laughs> he answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, are you still also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the stomach passes into the stomach and is expelled is food? How can food defile you? So sometimes I think about this in our society today. Um, there's so many people that want to judge you if you eat too, too much carbs or you know, saturated fats or too much sugars or something like this, as if these are wicked and sinful things. And but actually, what's sinful in us is gluttony. <laughs> um, but what Jesus is saying is, what, if you put too much sugars in your body, I don't think he's too worried about that. He's a lot more concerned about what comes out of your mouth. Verse 18, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. There he says it again. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hand does not defile anyone. Now, think about this. I've been, I've been chewing on this verse a little bit. Verse 19, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. How can you tell if that's in a person just by the way they talk? I think this is what Jesus is saying here. By the way they talk, you can tell that what flows out of their heart is evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Jesus is a very Jesus has profound spiritual insight. Let me just go down a few of these. Jesus, when he talks about murder, you know that there's another place where Jesus says that he who hates and has a certain kind of unrighteous wrath against his neighbor, he's a murderer. What makes a person murder somebody else? You hate that person. You hate that person with a certain kind of visceral sensibility. And doesn't that come out of your mouth? Doesn't that come out of people's mouths? Don't you, aren't you around people? And every now and then there are certain kinds of people when it comes around, this kind of, it's not just a, a kind of annoyance. It's not rudeness that they're bothered by, but a certain visceral hatred of this person or whole classes of people start to flow out of their mouth. It's a kind of, there you see all the seeds which lead to murder. 
How about another? Adultery and sexual immorality. Can you see that come out of people's mouth? <laughs> see how anyone could deny that today. Ours is such a sexually filthy society that lust comes out of mouth of people's mouth, especially uh, men. A lot of guys talk lustfully all the time, and actually a lot of women talk this way now. These too uh, about how they size up different. Hey, he's hot. Look, check out this, or she's this, and and as if you could look at a girl. And look at the size of her chest. And we have all kinds of words for this too. And I'm not going to say any of these things words because I think that's a, that's a form of filth. And there's, do you notice the tremendous vocabulary that we have for certain body parts in our society and how people say this with such, with no shame. And just, this is just normal conversation in our society. And if you're around people who talk like that, this kind of sexual filth is coming out of their heart and right out of their mouth. That's just what's, that's just what's inside them. Out of the abundance of their heart, it comes out of their mouth. This is, in our, this is all replete in our society. How about theft? Theft. Come on, Pastor, I don't steal. Um, I've never stolen anything. Some of you, you know, I actually have stolen things. <laughs> um, I, I, I try not to steal things anymore. <laughs> but... Um, um, I still remember the day when um, I tried to steal candy in this uh, liquor store and the, the Chinese lady behind the counter, she caught me <laughs> in a stream of, I, I imagine, very filthy Chinese swear words came out of her mouth. <laughs> okay? Go, police, get out! Okay, um, so I did, I, I've done some stealing, okay? Um, but there's other forms of stealing, about this, with your words, you talk about people behind their backs and you steal their honor. Sometimes you cut people down and you say things about them which are half true at best and you steal away their good name and their reputation. You walk into a room and because you're in a garbage mood, or you're in a cutting mood, you steal away people's peace and their joy with what comes out of your mouth. You're spreading your anger and your bad mood. Parents, don't we do that to our kids? Oh, man. I I do this to my kids. My kids come in. They're in this kind of mood. And one little thing is out of place. And because I'm stressed about church or money or work or some other XYZ things I've got to do, then on that moment, I've got to chew them out for no good reason and I steal away their joy and steal away their peace. We steal. We regularly steal with our words. We steal away people's moods with our harshness and our put-downs. We steal away people's security with our insults and with impatient criticism. We make people feel insecure. Wow. These are the way we talk. False witness and slander. False witness is taken very seriously in the Bible. You know, perjury? Perjury is very serious business. You're just supposed to Take an oath 
and under God say the truth because we're trying to get to justice. Our society thinks we're so cynical, we don't even believe in justice. All we just think is whoever gets the better lawyer. And you notice we all hate lawyers. There's a reason why we hate lawyers. There's all these lawyer jokes. My, my lawyer friend, I've got this one good lawyer friend, and he likes to collect the lawyer jokes. And so so what, what, what's, what's 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? It's a really good start. <laughs> you know, he loves that joke. And then he, he's got a, he, he loves giving you those jokes. You ever meet a lawyer? You ever meet a lawyer who speaks justice and seeks truth? That's a, I wish there were a lot more lawyers like that. What if all the lawyers were like that? What if all the lawyers were like that? Wouldn't they have a different reputation in our society? We wouldn't have these jokes. 10,000 lawyers at the bottom of the ocean. A good start. It's a great start. Um, but how about this? We, uh, not only how we abuse our justice system, but we just say awful things. And sometimes you just say stuff about other people that is false or half true at best. So many of us, you, you ever meet a person, you don't really know them, but you give them any mercy and benefit of the doubt. You don't like their vibe. You don't like the way they look. You don't like that they said one somewhat unkind thing to you. And so when they're not around, you say things about them. Or when other people say bad things about them, you allow it to go on and you join. And how would you like it if someone talked that way to you and slandered you? These are just normal in the way we talk. Gossip. Gossip. Gossip is a very horrible thing. And I don't think our church is too bad on this. Some churches are really bad on this. But a church full of gossip, that's an awful church. It's a horrible church. But let me just, one more example. And this is especially toward husbands and wives. Husbands and wives like to say things, you never listen to me. You never do a thing. Or how about the, the never? Or you go, you always do this. You always, we say this to you, you always got to have this way. But that's just slander. It's not even true. They don't always do this way. They don't never do it this way. The you nevers and the always. That you notice that's, that's out of the abundance of your heart. You're speaking to your girlfriend, your spouse, your children. You're slandering them. You're hurting them. And we notice immediately, as soon as somebody says it, we get all defensive, and then we come back with the way, you never do, well, you never clean do this. And it's a form of slander. And it comes out of the abundance of what's inside of us. All right, part one. Part two, repentance. And I hope I've now made you all feel really bad. Because <laughs> you should feel really bad. For there is an abundance of wickedness and filth and folly in all of us. And it comes out. You can't hide it. It's like, damn, it sucks. You can't hide it. Now everybody's going to know. <laughs> my children even know. I mean, this past week I was taking my, my son. I have to now, since I have to, we have to commute a bit to take him to school. And I yelled at this Chinese woman who was two cars ahead of us. like, stupid Chinese lady. <laughs> <laughs> they'll know how to drive 
all these. And then my children were going. And so there you go. There's my racism <laughs> coming out of my mouth. And so then I even justified my racism. Well, Asian women tend to be timid drivers. And timid drivers are the worst drivers. <laughs> and we live in Cupertino. So there's tons of timid Asian women. Racism straight out of my mouth, justifying it to my children sitting in the back. And they're going, hmm. <laughs> what did it say? About the fall, the stupid, stupid people spread with their mouth and destroy and infect others, even my own kids. Oh, gosh. So I'm just sharing with you, I am f- guilty. Okay? Um, I, I, was, I was prepping this message thing. I was thinking about Wednesday morning going, <laughs> it's like, don't ever want to say that anymore. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, repentance, part two. What does repentance look like? <coughs> repentance isn't just to feel bad. I'm going to try better. That's not repentance. Repentance is a transformation of your mind that changes the direction of who you are. Here's... The way it says in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says to put off your old self, which belongs to a former manner of life and it's corrupt through its deceitful desires, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then what he does is and then to put on this new self in Christ. And then he gives a whole list of what it looks like. And then I'm going to just give you Ephesians 4:29. This is what it looks like when it comes to speech. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up. That's what should come out of your mouth. What builds others up. And it fits the occasion. person is weeping and depressed and you walk and say, hey man, just try better. <laughs> that doesn't fit the occasion. Hmm. Speak. Out of your mouth, what should come out of your mouth is what builds others up. It fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That what comes out of your mouth is a vehicle of grace. That's repentance. Let me just uh, say it to you this way. Wouldn't it be great if you're surrounded by people and what they regularly came out of their mouth was words that built you up? What if imagine if you went into a society and there wasn't, you know, you went into a community of your, of your friends and your family and it wasn't full of cu- cutting remarks and insulting sarcasm and anger and, and passive aggression and shortness and impatience. But instead, people spoke words that picked you up when you were down encouraged you when you felt like you failed. Words that, that, that cheered you up when you were feeling sad. Words that again and again spoke to you that says, you can fall down, but God picks you up. Well, I already know that. No. And then they say, no, I'm serious. I mean that. God will pick you up. And they say that and they mean that. Wouldn't it be great to be around a people where you hear that all the time? Wouldn't, you, wouldn't that change you? And I think if you, we were a church full of wise people 
with wise speaking, with edifying. Edify is just an old word that means build up. A speech, it would change us. And it would attract more and more people. Say, These people, look at the way they talk because this is what's in their heart. Let me just say this. Just two verses. Proverbs 10.11 The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. How can you help people have life in their heart? By what you say to them. So many of us, we, we respect actions. And of course we respect actions. But I think we're wrong. Words are very powerful. Of course, actions, actions are very important. But actions need words to help you understand the meaning of those actions. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Will you be a fountain of life? How about this one? Chapter 12, verse 18. There's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. <laughs> rash words. And they thrust, hurting like the swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. It heals people. The Bible uses all kinds of words to describe what should come out of our mouth. And let me give you a few of these. These are all modes of repentance. Prayer. Prayer should come out of your mouth. That's a form of repentance. Whether you're praying for yourself, praying for others, praying aloud, let your words build others up. Your prayer. How about praise? Praising the Lord. I've said this to you in various ways. It's actually very important to come to church and to open your mouth and praise the greatness of God and let all those around you hear it come out of your mouth. It's a form of repentance for all the filth that came out of your mouth all week long. But it's actually a form of fountain where your mouth will be a fountain of life some of you are going i'm a terrible singer but when you sing of the greatness of jesus a fountain your mouth is actually literally a fountain of life for people in a room you've been in a room where people are truly singing from their heart the greatness of the grace of god it's a fountain of life pray prayer praise Bless, not curse. The Bible is big on bless, not curse out of your mouth. Edify, not tear down. Build up. Other words of the Bible use, exhort, encourage, call people to press forward. Encourage, not insult. How about rebuke? With gentleness, hopefully. Okay? Even rebuke is a form Reprove and remind. We need reminders. So, oh, people already know this. I'm not going to say this. But no, actually, they need it. Let your mouth be a fountain of life. Remind them of what they need. That's repentance. Now let me go to part three. God's most important word to us. So now, as... If you come to our church for a while, you know. Now I told you what to do. Well, now we give you some power how you can get there. You know that God is speaking God? 
I said it to you at the beginning. Out of God's mouth comes wisdom. God, the very first verses in the Bible, God spoke and light came into the world. And we are meant to be in His image. We were meant to be in His image. But you cannot image the beauty and the goodness and the righteousness and the wisdom which comes out of God's mouth. That can't come out of your mouth until you really are like God. You are an image of God. And you can't have an image of God until the Word of God is inside your heart. That's the way it works. There has to be God's Word in your heart. Then when your heart is so filled with God's Word, it will come out, out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. Then it will come out of your mouth. And you will be a fountain of life. You will be a mode of healing. That's how it works. You'll do this for your husband, or for your wife, or for your neighbor, for your children, for your friends, for your co-workers. For your non-Christian cousin who hates Jesus, hates the Bible, hates the church. And you think, how can I help him? With your words. But how do we get to the place where we can begin to image and be the proper image of God and then wisdom and righteousness and goodness can come out? And it comes this way. Let me show this to you. In John chapter 1, verse 1, this is the way it says. The Bible Bible gives you everything. It's incredible. Every resource is there. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And do many of you guys know what it says next? And the Word was God. What is the Word of God that has to come into you? Is God Himself. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. And then it goes on. Let me just jump down to chapter, uh, verse 14. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. Who's it talking about? The Word that was with God, the Word that was God, through whom all things were made, and all manner of goodness came into the world is Jesus. He is the Word became flesh who dwelt among us. And listen to what it says next. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's what it says. For from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses. See, I can tell you the law. The law was given. It can tell you, I can tell you what to do. Stop having all this filthy stuff come out of your mouth. Stop having slander and murder and sexual morality come out of your mouth. Impatience and shortness and selfishness and agendas and, and all this passive aggression. Stop having that come out of your mouth. That's the law. But actually what you need is grace upon grace. You need more than the law because from Jesus... Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Listen. All of you in your life, don't you wander around? Don't you want truth? When people speak, you want them to really give you truth. But you don't all only want just truth. You know what you want? You want truth and grace. That's what you really want. That's what we all want. 
When people, what you want coming out of people's mouth is you want them to be a truth which is absolutely baptized in grace. Ladies, you go up to people and say, hey, does this dress look good on me? No, it makes you look super ugly and fat. Maybe that's the truth, but is that the way you want it told to you? Hey, you're really dumb. That's why you never pray. That's why you never come to church. And you're a total loser. That might be, that might actually be true. But do you want anyone to ever talk to you that way? Because there's truth in that, but there's also harshness and mercilessness and condemnation. What we need is truth and grace. And on the cross, truth and grace flowed out. And on the cross, you know what was happening? God spoke truth and grace through He who is the Word, the most important Word God ever would ever say to you. you. On the cross, you realize, I am filthy. And it's proven every day what comes out of my mouth. But God says, let your filth be on my Son. So that grace would utterly come out to you. Truth and grace. And it will change you. And let Jesus be the word that remakes you and changes you to really be like God so you can actually image Him. And if you were to really believe this, then your heart will change. And out of the abundance of your heart will come something new, something really good, a different kind of talk. Let's pray. It just seems too good to be true at times, Father. And we just pay attention sometimes to the things that we say and how we say them. Just this week. And can it be? And who can control our tongue and our lips? Nobody. Because nobody can control the heart. But will we, you help us, will you send your spirit and help us allow Jesus to be the most important and the greatest word spoken by you, the gospel, so that our heart will be renewed and there will be an abundance of truth and grace so that we would be like Jesus, wisdom incarnate, And this foolishness of God, who is your wisdom, would be in our hearts and He would overflow out of our hearts. And all that is of Him would be the abundance which comes out of our mouth. Kind jokes and encouraging words and good laughter and truth which heals and truth which encourages, and truth which lifts up. This is what we need so badly, Lord. Lord, we're such a shallow people, a twisted and perverse people, proven all the time with what comes out of our mouth. But will you change us? By what you have spoken, the most beautiful thing, 
you have ever spoken. The word of your son, Jesus. And we go to you now. Change our hearts so that blessing will come out of our lips. And I pray that this community, this New Hope community, will become a very wise and deep community. So that even those people who are very skeptical about Jesus and God and the Bible would notice there's something strange among these people. And maybe they won't pick it up at first. It flows out, it's that overflow of our heart and how we speak to each other and to our guests. So full of truth and grace. You do this in us. Through Jesus. Amen. Let's respond.